This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. A gun is not a weapon, Marge. It's a tool, like a butcher knife or a harpoon or uh, uh, an alligator. You just need more education on the subject. Tell you what, you come with me to an NRA meeting, and if you still don't think guns are great, we can argue some more. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. Yes, we're back. Are you ready and, for some Simpsons? <laughs> uh, this this one is gonna be the uh, this is what this is one where I kind of fall on my face and <laughs> have to shamefully eat a crow that Alan mails to me. That's right. Yeah, uh, which will all all happen very shortly. Uh, welcome to Two Bad Neighbors, everybody. My name is Alan, and I am Greg. And this, of course, is the Encyclopedic Compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. And we're, I guess, this is it for you, right, Al? You're off the train. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll take this to the not finish line. Hashtag not my show we'll, anymore. We'll make it. We'll make it a unicycle to the finish. Yep. <laughs> Um, a rusty old unicycle that falls apart right before the finish line. That's right. Um, uh, you know what? It's almost like, and we'll we'll dive we'll dive deep here, but just as a little precursor, it's not even like it's it's in the middle of this episode. Yeah, that it happens. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, I think the first act is solid. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, how have you been, Greg? Uh, you know, I've been pretty good. I've got like, if I could, if, if this was a video medium, I would take you on a tour around this tiny little, uh, podcasting studio that I have, uh, going on here. I'm surrounded by musical instruments. I got my guitar over here. I got microphones all over the place. I've got my bass right behind me in the corner here. And I got the giant condenser mic right here. I've been creating all day and thank goodness I set a 15 minute alarm for this podcast. Otherwise I would have just shot right through. I was playing (laughs) some really tasty bass licks. Oh, nice. Some real tasty ones. Just, you know, you ever thought about like, you ever thought about like, like just busting out a guitar during the podcast and maybe playing some tasty licks as like, you know, little Seinfeld-esque uh, interims between segments and whatnot. <laughs> like um, like Randy Bachman on his CBC show? I have never watched that, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's a CBC radio show. Oh, that makes sense. Here Since we go. He called it a CBC show. Oh, he's doing it. <laughs> and welcome to the podcast, everybody. Smooth. Here we are. It makes me want to talk more like uh, talk radio, you know, like. Yeah. And welcome. Here we are. Um, Dave Biancuri. <laughs> That's all I can think of now. Is, yeah, I know. Uh, fucking Dan Castellaneta in uh, Parks and Rec. Or, or uh, like, what is the what's the really good one? Uh, CBC has some really great ones. Just like, and that was a concerto in G minor. <laughs> Glenn Gould, of course, one of Canada's greatest known composers, and we will be having more of that in just a moment. Now we'll check in. 
with weather. You know what's radio's weird. It is. Do you do you ever listen to like normal radio, not like talk radio, but like and like I, I mean we people have talked about like the DJs and like that kind of thing, and those are weird. Like we have them on the Simpsons, you know, with uh, Marty and uh, uh, who's it? Marty and what's the other guy? Uh, feel free to jump in here, James, if yeah. you know what we're talking about. Sid and Marty. Sid and Marty. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> but like sometimes just like when they're announcing songs, like upcoming songs, I get really like weirded out by the like the choice to have. It's like coming up next, Miley Cyrus. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if that. Yeah, it's so sexual. It all, it's so it's just sexual. So weird, the way the way they announce that kind of thing. It's so weird. So, yeah. Uh, that being said, we have a guest, and uh, I'm going to announce him that exact way. Uh, so, our guest today, the real gems. <laughs> What's well, a crack of lacking, everybody? It's the real gems, right here, he's, back he's, for he's, time number three on the show. Can't keep right, me away. <laughs> what is this voice I'm doing right now? I thought it was, it was like your, some, it was yeah, your like own radio jock. version, yeah. like yeah, like a shock jock. This is like some crazy Ira and the Douche territory. Speaking yeah, of totally. parks and recreation. <laughs> hey, everybody! I'm back. Yeah, thanks, thanks got, for coming back. We got him back for a very special episode. <laughs> yeah. I am so happy to be here right now. I am totally here to hear Alan's amazing rant around this episode. <laughs> That's most of the oh, reason boy. why I came on for this specific one because I knew the rant would be legendary, and I wanted to uh, see it firsthand. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Greg, um, yeah. <laughs> before we dive into the episode, though, uh-huh. um, so we we have talked about uh, this episode on previous episodes, like as we approach it. I think we've talked about it in every episode of season nine so far. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I forgot how early in the season it was. Mm. Um, but also the fact that it is arguably the first official episode of season nine because this is the one with scully it's one that scully is the showrunner for the first one he's showrunner for officially wow others were holdovers um so yeah so this is definitely like a, a a turning point for the show in a lot of ways um how many times have you watched this episode before this do you think me yeah like is it one you watch often i've probably seen this episode over a dozen times yeah yeah what about you, James? Did you like? Is this one you go back to often? Because it's definitely one I usually avoid as much as I can. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't go back. I don't like sk- like if I'm rewatching season nine, I won't skip it. But I've probably yeah. seen it like a dozen times or so. Okay. Um. So I just watched it again today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually rewatched it a couple weeks ago as well. Um. Our good friend Dr. Ife Abiola and I were discussing season nine. And I was telling him how much I dislike this episode. Spoilers. And uh, he wasn't entirely sure why. Like, he was trying to understand. So we, we we Zoom chat watched it together. So we both had it on our screens. And we watched it and we discussed it as it happened. Um, uh, for one thing, because I haven't seen it that often, uh, I forgot some of the gags that were in this episode that I remember very fo- like very fondly very well. Um, the Quickie Mart, uh, what if I robbed the Quickie Mart? fantasy sequence uh is very funny and very iconic for me i forgot it was in this episode (laughs) Um, it's great it's an excellent it's an excellent moment but for the most part um yeah the first act i think is decent 
Uh, it starts. It starts very strong. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I guess I just want to start talking about it. So, <laughs> so we'll just. Do I mean, that. Why, why beat around the bush? Yeah, right? exactly. This is the fifth episode of season nine, written by John Schwartzwelder, directed by Pete uh, Michels or Michaels. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name because he spells it M I C H E L S. Apologies for that, Pete. Uh, as I know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> and the original air date November second, 1997. So, the Cartridge Family. This is um. This is only Pete's second episode of the series. The okay. the one that he has before this is Brother from Another Series. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, and he that's, will that's uh, continue to work for the show up until the fourteenth season. Nice. Um, so he's like um, he's a he's a Scully guy, I guess. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then he would uh, go on to, I guess. Uh, direct several more episodes of Family Guy. That's where he's got uh, most of his credits are Family Guy. Which makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so before we like dive deep into the episode though, I guess I want to hear your guys, I feel like my opinion is pretty clear already. I want to hear your guys' general thoughts uh, after watching it this time around. Maybe we'll start with Greg. Um, because you definitely, uh, I feel like before this, you, you, you were never like super high on this episode. You never said like, oh, it's one of my favorites or anything. No, I would never go to bat for this episode. I would, but you were like, no, like I, like you understood why I didn't like it, but you never really held that same opinion. I'm wondering if that's, uh, you know, altered in any way. Um, well, one, like, you're right. I like, I wouldn't go to bat for this episode before and i definitely wouldn't now um the stuff that i do like in this episode i like so much there's a few moments that i just i laugh so hard there's season highlights for me and then there are moments that are just the absolute worst this season has to offer and a lot of it comes one after the other so like it when i was watching this when i was watching it this time my experience was like this boom this boom this boom high low high low high low right one after another um and i didn't like that whiplash and i will like i'll probably skip this episode if i go back and do a rewatch cuz i don't need to see him behaving this way ever again yeah. um Homer sucks so much in this episode. It's wild. Um, I mean, spoiler, he does behave this way again. <laughs> yes, of course he does. Of course he does. But you, later in season nine. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Um, but this one, I just had such a bad time with because it starts out so well. It's got, it's got, a, it's got a great, um, like, classic Simpsons watching TV and they just make funny gags based on that, you know, concept. I this is, this is my second favorite Simpsons watching TV gag. What's your first favorite? The two-story outhouse, man. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> <Christ>. Of course. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's like a segment within a within Yeah, a segment, so that's I, how I, good I, it is. Yeah. No, I know. I just That's why I didn't think of it right away. Sh- I should I describe it again? No, you should not. Uh, <laughs> I believe if you really want, you can just insert you describing it from the last from the episode it appeared on into this episode. Yeah, um, we don't need to hear it again live. But Fifteen maybe minute description. It's <laughs> uh, like a third of that episode. Yeah, that podcast was just you describing that joke. Yep. Um, 
so that's me. That's me. I don't know. Uh, James, what um, what do you got to say about about this episode this time around? I come from a, from kind of a weird perspective in that I used to like, you know, post on message boards and stuff. And it's kind of weird, the attitude around this episode, because for a long time, this episode was considered to be one of the best episodes of season nine, actually. Like people talk about it in a pretty favorable light. And my opinion was always that I was always a little cooler on the episode than the consensus. I would like be the weird person in that conversation where I'd be like, or I'd be like, oh, it's fine. It's it's like it's like not my favorite episode, but it's fine. And like now that I'm talking to you guys, I kind of feel like the cheerleader for the episode because I don't quite hate it as much as you guys, but like I'm I'm still kind of in the it's okay category. It's very there are a lot of problems but like there's a decent amount of good stuff i'm kind of in the mixed bag category that greg was alluding to um but um on rewatching it now i was kind of shocked by how dark the episode is i didn't remember how dark some of the moments are in this episode so Mm -hmm. it has made me recontextualize my opinion on it i still don't think it's quite as bad like it's not my least favorite episode of the first 10 seasons like it is for alan I think, um, <laughs> yeah. but I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much kind of in the middle of the road. Like, there are things I really really hate about it, but there are things that I think are really interesting about it as well. So it's interesting. Like like people say like indif- indifference is like worse than hate. I guess. Right. Yeah. And like and this is not an episode I feel indifferent about. So interesting. Okay. That's true. I don't feel indifferent about this episode. I don't I don't know if there's if. This episode can make you feel indifferent, um, just in the way that its main character acts. You are either like it's it's very hard to feel nothing about that, to be indifferent about how Homer behaves throughout the episode. Um, well, uh, yeah, we've we've gone around. So, Alan, floodgates, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> floodgates open. Yeah, okay. So here's here's all the problems with this episode. Okay, um, can I just say one thing before yes. you start? Um and I want to see if you're on the on board with me. I just want to okay. see if I'm if I'm throwing in the right direction. Okay. I think for me the problem this time around arises from a fundamental misunderstanding of who Marge is. And I think the entire mouthpiece that marge is talking about should be coming from lisa if you're gonna make this episode it should be lisa and homer that's that's where i I was that's where i completely fell off being like marge has seen guns she's had guns she's the house has had a gun in it for the whole time but i'm sure you're gonna talk about this but i that's that's my number one read on this episode is that it's fundamentally flawed from the get-go because it's not Lisa. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, and I I do agree with you uh, on a conceptual level. Uh, but I think the I think here's what the episode is doing is it's trying to have uh, two different uh, sides of this uh, world, I guess. Um, the side of Homer, like the story, Homer buys a handgun to protect his family, but then becomes. Uh, irrational and irresponsible with it and has to face the ramifications and then the other side is what are some funny things homer can shoot (laughs) and those don't mesh well for me at all (laughs) 
<laughs> because um, like you said, we, we have seen Homer with guns before. We've seen guns in the house before. Um, the one I always think of the most is uh, Boogeyman or Boogeyman in the house. Um, and that's like, that's, that's even kind of played for, for a joke in that sense where, <laughs> I mean, and I think it's very funny where, you know, Homer's suddenly just walking down the, the hallway with a shotgun. And then he, you know, and then later on when Marge comes home and, and Homer like brings the gun up slowly and he's scared and then he sees her and he's like, oh, okay. And he throws um, it on the ground and it goes off. It goes off. Yeah. The best. It's uh, so, so that already like has created this kind of uh, this uh, uh, precedence for the Simpsons family own guns. Guns are a part of their lives. They're, they're, they're a quote unquote average American family. Um, and so there was never a point for me up to this episode where I thought guns would be an issue for these characters. Now, that's all well and good. I, I, you know, the, the world is elastic and I get why they can bring this topic into an episode. I don't have a problem with that as a concept. My problem is they, A, make Homer uh, irredeemable in this episode. Um, that He never learns a lesson. You think that he does and then he doesn't. Um, and then the cherry on top is that Marge uh, just decides, I like the gun. It's mine now. <laughs> Oh, you hate the ending. I do hate the ending. Uh, <laughs> um, and here's the thing, watching it again, um, because like I said, I hadn't watched it in a long time because I just remember despising it so much. It makes me feel really crummy inside for a lot of reasons. Uh, as James touched on, the episode is really dark with a lot of the jokes, uh, not just gun related. There's a couple others that I'll highlight, but um, it just feels gross and like uh, not fun anymore. Um, some stuff is really, especially in like a, you know, a 2020 lens is like really just scary. Um, and so, you know, it's hard to fault the episode that came out in 97, um, you know, before there were two, you know, before mass shootings were like a common thing, but it's still nowadays, you know, is hard to watch, you know, Bart aiming a gun at Millhouse, uh, and almost murdering his best friend. Um, <laughs> Millhouse is almost dead, right? Yeah. Like, this is the episode oh, yeah. where he killed Millhouse. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I remember uh, the NRA, the, like, or at least, like, the, the gun buddies that Homer has in Springfield. My memory of that is that they're all, like, the same as Homer. And so re-watching it, I actually liked the kind of shift that it had, where they're like, wait a minute, Homer, you can't use your gun that way. That's irresponsible and gross. And again, I like the, the trajectory of the episode starts to go in so many interesting ways where they could put an interesting lesson or um, just something for Homer to, to realize about himself or whatever. And then they just like throw it all away with the ending. Um, the part where Snake comes in and Homer reveals he still has the gun. Um, and it's like, you've lied to me twice now. <laughs> like, because that's the other thing. Like, if he did it once, if he says, I'll get rid of the gun, and then you find he, they find it again, and it's like, I just couldn't do it. And then maybe he learns his lesson after that, that time. That would be okay, too. But the fact that he does it twice is where, in my opinion, jerk-ass Homer is born. Because he has no care for his family in any way. And again, like, once you can forgive as, like, being a doofus more so than being an asshole... But in this, 
he goes from doofus to asshole so quickly. Uh, it's and it's not even like it's like stupidity is one thing, and it's another to be like, "Hey, Marge, I have a surprise for you. Close your eyes," and then pointing a gun right at her face. Still shocking. It's it's so shocking. I'm like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" <laughs> like that's and again, like I like I can feel the writers thinking this would be really funny if he, you know, if the family felt in felt in danger the whole time. And I'd never find it funny. I never find any of his antics with the gun funny. Um, when he goes to the, the shooting range and he start, and he shoots the, the cans and then it's like, no, 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 like uh, the shooting range. Like, and then the guy at the concession stand is just like, ah, it's my, f-. it's like, no, 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 you would be kicked out. You would be, you'd be like never allowed to own a gun again. Like th- there's rules in place. I don't want to get into a gun debate, like a, uh, you know, a gun, um, control debate because I, I don't think this is the, the position for it. Uh, I will say like, I uh, am a pacifist by nature. So I like, don't understand the need for guns in the world, but I also don't think like uh, take everyone's guns away is a solution. Um, but I also just, I, I, I recognize that there are rules in place, especially at a shooting range to ensure safety for people. And them kind of being cavalier about that in this episode is like almost like a detriment to the gun control debate because it's like, it's like almost saying, see, everyone is just like being too hard on people for, you know, this is, this is how people should be just like, that's ah, fine. You can shoot light bulbs to turn off your, your lights and you can, you know, you can do whatever with your gun. And again, if the, if the NRA's position in the episode, not in real life. I don't know their position in real life. I mean, I probably do. Uh, was, you know, be respectful of your gun and don't like use it haphazardly and that kind of thing. And if that was like kind of hammered home, home a bit more, I might enjoy this episode a bit more because it's, you know, we're, we're not on Homer's side. And I recognize that we're not on Homer's side throughout the, like the, the writers aren't trying to be like Homer's in the right here. I get that. But they also just, they never give him any kind of like lesson or comeuppance and it's almost like at the end, isn't it a good thing that he remember that he didn't throw his gun away because then otherwise the uh, snake would have just killed that person or robbed that person, you know? Well, that's kind of a weird point because he, sh- he does get out his gun, but like and immediately gets turned around on him anyway. Yeah. So you're kind of wondering from like a narrative perspective, what was the whole point What's of the, point? the second lie at that point? Because, you know snake gets the gun in the end and the nra shows up and like swoops in and quote unquote saves the day so yeah i agree with you it is a very strange narrative decision they make yeah because if they if they swoop in at the end if he okay here's the thing if he didn't keep the gun if he actually got rid of it because the moment he says to marge uh i realize there's no use protecting my family if i have no one to protect i'm like oh nice like that there's his lesson right but he that's not his lesson he still kept it so he's just lying to her again and so that's, I wonder, that sweet moment is removed. I wonder if you could fix the episode in a way if instead of him going up to the hotel room and meeting her up there and basically lying again, I wonder if it's just way better if if like he shows up and he goes to the office and Marge is going to the office at the same time and that's where they meet and then the robbery happens and he just happens to still have the gun. Because at right. least that way you get rid of the second lie Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's still logical that he would have the gun and, like, choose to give it up in the end, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like that might shift it, but I agree. Like, it was funny listening to you 
describe like Homer's lies and then the, all the irresponsible things with the guns because I walked away with it somewhat similarly where I was shocked and really disappointed with Homer and how he literally lies to his wife twice on what is, what's a very serious issue for her. She's like pleading to him to get rid of that gun. Like it's clearly a very serious issue to Mark. It's very important to her, yeah. Yeah, and he lies twice and I'm shocked. I'm like, this is horrible. But it's weird because like that's the point that I focus on when he's literally like pointing guns in her face and like <laughs> yeah. leaving it in the crisper and stuff like he's doing all this terrible stuff with the gun but because that's like cartoony somehow like i'm kind of like can like psychologically shift that in my mind and i am and i'm more concerned about like the relationship trauma it's really mm. weird this episode yeah yeah it's an interesting point um and like, and like yeah the pointing gun at her face is always just like that's, I think that's the moment. I, I honestly think that's the moment for me where the show is no longer my show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not to claim ownership to it. I don't mean it in that sense, but it's just not the show that I enjoy anymore. Uh, because again, like I said, up to that point, I'm kind of on board with the episode as a concept. Um, but as soon as he does that, I'm like, what are you doing? That's not something a normal human should ever do, no matter how stupid you might be. And Homer's always been shown as being like lovably stupid, but not with any malice. And this is when it turns into like, this is a problem if you think this is an appropriate thing to do to your to your wife. And that's where it becomes you're not a you're not a human you're not a human character anymore. You're a cartoon character that is a joke machine. And I mean, I don't think a lot of the jokes are funny, but I you know I recognize that that's what they're doing. They're trying to make jokes out of the situation. Um, and whether I find them funny or not is not necessarily the point. It's more that the joke should be hindered on his character and the 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 person we've learned he is through eight and a half seasons. Um, and they've just like taken that away. And that's where, you know, the golden years in general start to fall away for me because that they do that with every character. And, you know, we've already talked about Principal and the Pauper and that kind of doing that to Skinner in a, in a sense. But this is where it does it to Homer, who is our hero. Like, I, I can... I can be more forgiving of them doing it to tertiary characters, even though I don't want it to happen, especially to Skinner, who's my favorite. But when you do it to our main character, it just becomes uh, just like a slap in the face, it feels like. And uh, it just doesn't feel fun or interesting anymore. Um, and again, they could have they salvaged it with a better ending. Um, and I just think that the ending doesn't care about giving any kind of uh, comeuppance to Homer for acting the way he does. Um, and just little, again, little things like shooting the light bulbs. Like, I'm like, that's, it's not funny for one thing. It's irresponsible for another thing, but it's also caught like not cost effective. And you're supposed to be like a middle-class <laughs> family. Like you sh light bulbs aren't cheap, man. <laughs> Since when has Homer ever cared about the budget? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Their the lamp budget. budget's gotta be through the roof at this point. This is about the budget gap. This is about the, the trade gap. Um, the question's <laughs> about the budget, sir. Um, <laughs> so when I lose track of Homer in this episode is a little bit, it's same idea. It's, it's not when he's pointing the gun at her, although mm -hmm. that is exceedingly jarring. Um, yeah. Mine is when he comes in and um, he says, well, Bart gets to have a gun. Um, that line immediately, I'm like, you prick, 
You yeah. you have been caught and you won't even oh you suck. Um <laughs> he's like he he he's pathological he's pa- he's pathological in 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 his need to hang on to this gun. Um and when he says like there's a line at the end when he says I'm sorry I lied to you Marge I felt like God must feel when he has a gun. I think that's a really great line. Because, I don't know, I've held a gun before. I've went and shot them before at shooting ranges. I've been to Arizona. It was awesome. It. What's what's Arizona? Is it a gun crazy place? You can't enter the state of Arizona unless you're holding a gun. <laughs> okay. It's like the NRA meeting. <laughs> that they give explains you one. why they won't let me in. Yeah, it's yeah. like the metal detector joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, like, the thing is, I, he's, he's okay He's redeemable up until that second lie. Then it's just, it's all over, folks. Like you, you've, I hate to just be a skipping record and repeat what you just said, but it's, it's why I can't get around this episode. It's why I don't, it's why I can't like it, even though there's tons of shit in it that I love like the Continental Soccer League, like the explanation of the Second Amendment, and if he didn't have a gun, the King of England could just come in and start pushing you around. Do you want that? Huh? No. No, of course you don't. No. <laughs> I love I love how defeated like Lisa is. Like it's total total like salesman technique where you ask a question where you know what the answer is gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> She's so pissed off at him. Yeah, and she should be, but it's very funny. That stuff is really funny. That stuff feels a little bit like Homer to me because he's like, he's getting into this new thing and he's going to take it a little bit too far, but here's the problem. The new thing is guns and they, they're designed to kill people. Um, and he and Milhouse almost dies <laughs> in this. Um, when he said jinx this time, I, I didn't laugh. It was the first time that I didn't laugh. But I think maybe the the biggest issue here is I could see this episode actually being great. I could see it being a really great episode if it was made today. I mean, I feel I feel like I've I've been on record for season 9 in general so far that I think a lot of the episodes I don't like have have great potential and, you know, and it's again it's just a feeling it's just a weird feeling and i and i felt that again with some of the jokes in this one that i that i like uh for example the what what would happen if i robbed the quickie mart um like because i think that's a funny joke uh just the the visual of like <laughs> was it mayor or is it he's uh, a senator senator right <laughs> he's he's a senator marge is dancing i'm like that's really funny like that's that's his dumb brain of like if i robbed the quickie mart i'd become senator one day like <laughs> It's ridiculous. And then again, I think they ruined the joke by having him cut back, driving away, saying, I'll do it. I'll rob the quickie mark. That robs oh, it of its... I think that makes the joke better because I like to imagine he literally went into a fantasy, bought right, an like entire a hot... state? Yeah, like bought a hot dog from a poo and a poo's just staring at him and he just like <laughs> silently walks away. Like yeah. I just love that image. I love filling it in myself. I do love like ah oh, well I'll rob it next time. Uh, and he just enjoys his hot dog. I I do like I like the whole entirety of that joke. Uh, however, I think, I think I would like it better if it was 
more akin to Mr. Burns and uh, uh, I'll give a million dollars when pigs fly. Uh, are you going to give that million dollars? No, I'd still rather not. Like, I don't know, just something about that. Like, that joke to me is more human. And again, this one is just a little, like, yes, I agree with you guys. Like, it is funny. Like, I'm not trying to say it's not funny because I think it's a great joke. Um, but again, it's just that feeling of, like, them being more concerned with doing, like, goofy things and being, like, human things. And I think sincerity uh, is often way funnier than, like, malice or goofiness. They are so and, afraid of it now. Yeah. They're so afraid and, like, of if, sincerity. If he came out of that state, uh, maybe even still driving away with the hot dog, but instead of saying, uh, I'll do it, I'll rob the Quickie Mart, if he just, like, kind of realized, oh, I'm already leaving, and he's like, He's like, oh, I've got a hot dog or, you know, I don't know, something a lot simpler than him going back to like, yes, I will rob the Quickie Mart. Because again, I just don't think that's Homer's personality. And it kind of implies that if he didn't go into this fugue state and buy the hot dog, then he would have done it. And I don't agree that that would have happened. So again, mm -hmm. I just think they're they're fundamentally missing what makes Homer funny. And it's that he's lovably stupid, not a jerk. I don't know. I feel like that joke kind of implies that Homer is too, like, chicken and in his own head. I, like, I still don't really believe that he'll rob the Quickie Mart, even if he comes back later. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving Homer the benefit of the doubt when he doesn't quite deserve it in this episode. But yeah. whenever I see that episode, like, he's like, oh, I'll just rob it next time. I'm just like, no, you're not. You're just going to, like, get, like, confused or distracted or something again. Oh, yeah. So. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he'll come back and rob it. I don't think that's what the joke's implying. I think it's implying that if, if for whatever reason, he had that fantasy a lot quicker or whatever, he comes out of the fantasy and he's like, I'll do it. So that implies that he would have done it if he didn't go in this weird fugue state. And I don't know, like, whatever. We don't need to analyze this joke that much, I yeah. guess. But but it's just, it's just, again, that feeling I have of, like, the jokes I like in season nine are often ruined with a little too much after it. Uh, mm. where it's, you know, them trying to punch it up and it's not working anymore. <laughs> they used to be so good at it. And yeah. here's where I think I'm falling in in this in this particular episode anyway, but it, you're beginning to see it in the... You're seeing it in a pattern throughout the season so far. It's the um, let's just go for the gag. We are afraid of sincerity. And Alan, you said that you find and I personally do as well, sincerity more funny than going for a joke. It's something that I try and teach my improv students whenever I teach an improv class is to, if you go for a joke that isn't there, that isn't that, that, that you're reaching too far for, I'm going to know it. If you're trying to be funny, nothing is worse than trying to be funny. Being well, funny is funny. Yeah. Trying to be funny is the worst thing in the world. And I feel like these little, uh, addendums that they're adding on to the tales of these jokes are just them being like, oh, and then this, and then maybe maybe he go does does this and this and this, and it's like, but we've hit the character beat. Yeah, hit the beat, hit the high note of the joke, and move on. You don't need denouements to jokes. It's the reason, like the the straight man archetype exists, right? In comedy, like there's a reason why like Abbott and Costello aren't both fucking idiots. Um, it's the reason why Michael Bluth exists in Arrested Development, you know, like you need that person who's sincere to make the jokes funny because if it's everyone just being goofy all the time, uh, you get into something like Family Guy, you know, where everyone's a fucking goofy weirdo. And so it's just, 
you know that's why they have to rely on weird cutaways and things like that is because they can't have the characters bounce off each other and, and land the joke they have to have uh something else come come into play and uh you know it really it really hinders uh the simpsons i find because they've always been pretty good at having uh quote-unquote straight man characters that make the jokes funnier by being very sincere and each character have their moments of being goofy or weird and that's you know it's their little personality ticks um something that mr burns says isn't going to be as funny if millhouse says it right like the jokes shouldn't be transferable between characters to still have the same effect and that's what that's what i mean by a joke machine is the characters become joke machines where they just deliver jokes and punchlines rather than deliver things that are coming from their own personality and their own characters, and they become less funny because of that. Well, there's definitely a nihilism to the humor in like Mike Scully's eras. Like a lot of like that's one of the things that kind of bugs me about about the era in general with the humor is that a lot of the jokes can sometimes just be like, oh, well, this character is funny because they're being mean at this point, and like you know, any character can deliver like a mean joke. Like Mr. Burns could be mean. Like Lisa can say something mean. Homer can say something mean. There's definitely like, you do, there is a bit of a lack of sincerity like you suggested, but like I always describe it as nihilism because it kind of mm. comes down to like a, like, like, like nothing is really real. Like <laughs> nothing, nothing matters. matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like it doesn't really matter if this joke makes sense because like it's meta you know like there isn't really substance to the joke it's just you know like it's funny because it doesn't it, like it doesn't matter in a way yeah. so yeah. like there's I, but i wouldn't say like to be to play a little bit of devil's advocate i wouldn't say i sense a ton of that like nihilism that i described in this episode like maybe because it's no, like I the don't very think first this, one yeah sorry i but sorry like, to interrupt but yeah this episode but, but i do yeah but i don't feel like the jokes are necessarily interchangeable like homer's ignorance like feels very homer ignorant for example and like lisa's basically being shit on the whole episode feels <laughs> like lisa being shit on yeah so i i don't know like i don't necessarily feel that as much here as in like season 11 for example absolutely i i do agree with that and and that was kind of more of a general uh lament to the the series in general not necessarily in this episode i think this episode for me marks the beginning of jerk ass homer which is a whole other like aspect of why i hate the simpsons now but well that okay joke i was gonna ask you thing, about that though yeah like yeah how do you feel about the episode lisa on ice i wonder that's a good that's a good question um and I what actually, is really the difference between homer's ignorance to prove a point in this episode like he is very deliberately written aggressively in lisa on ice to prove a point about competitiveness and parenting and all that you know and he's very yes. deliberately being writ written aggressively here to make a point about like guns, obviously. Yeah. Like obviously guns are way, way, way more serious than being competitive about sports. But like, like well, it's interesting what, is really, what is the narrative point? What's the, what's the difference in terms of the narrative device that they're using here? It's interesting to use that one, first of all, because it is a Mike Scully episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I'm feeling bad about my example now. <laughs> but no, I think like I do like Lisa on Ice. I think like, I actually really like that episode and I like Homer in that episode. And I think it stems from the idea that uh, competitive sports uh, are very like they're such a part of our culture that I understand, even if I don't necessarily agree with people who are this way, I understand people who are like, really passionate about sports 
and especially like soccer moms or like that archetype you know in this case it's a hockey dad like uh which uh, i never grew up like i didn't play i played soccer a little bit when i was a kid but uh they're like never like to the point where it was like competitive or my parents ever thought i would go pro or anything so so there was never any worry about like you know fight fight or like i love alan because he's winning that kind of thing so it was just like ah, whatever go like exercise it's important to get exercise but i know that people exist who are very like you need to win this game for your parent like it's that weird competitive like my kid needs to win kind of thing and i think the reason why i forgive that more is not only do i uh recognize that as a real life thing that makes sense as a homer thing for me like that makes sense for his character but it also like doesn't endanger anyone's lives uh (laughs) that's fair i think (laughs) and in this episode uh you know and he never lies he doesn't lie in that episode that's the other thing he doesn't he doesn't lie he doesn't like lie to mark because i mean i'm sure you know some of my other least favorite episodes are like secrets of a successful marriage where he uh lies to margin that um what was the other one uh well there's my sister my sitter which is a different uh, story that's more of a bart and lisa thing but uh like the ones where homer because homer and marge are at odds in many episodes like that's a a common you know story thread like what fight can homer and marge get into in this episode and the the way they resolve it is always what makes me makes or break the episode for me and oh yeah i agree with that yeah and so like you know in this one again i've said i don't like the ending and that's why this one is is broken in that sense but also the whole like you know endangering people's lives is a very hard pill to swallow from your hero character on a cartoon for families so (laughs) so it's it's just tough it's tough to to rectify any of homer's uh actions in this episode uh to the point where he's like i said he just doesn't become the character i i think is interesting anymore and i see that thread start to just become common throughout the rest of the season like i think the next it's the next episode bart star mm-hmm. um yeah that's the football that's, episode that's like an, that's another one where you know he it's another competitive sports one so like let's let's see how that goes because i haven't seen that one in a while either so i don't want to speak too much on that but uh i just what, remember the whole warning, he's really mean to flanders in that one he is yes <laughs> i do remember that and i remember that he's he's kind of mean to bart uh you know again it's that cold competitive thing he's not good at football i guess but he was good at hockey so maybe that's the difference um but it's also the the gag i remember the most from that is the whole like your cut thing where this oh, is yeah. and and we'll talk about this in the next episode but like is this a, maybe the first time they do like a credits like sequence where they're like commenting on the credits because he goes your cut to shushy to the the gracie films shush oh yeah you know, at the end you know? So like I'm I'm wondering if that's the first instance. I'll have to look into that before we record next episode to see because uh, I remember that starts to become uh, not a trend per se, but like they'll do it here and there with like you know goofy little like gags in the credits. Uh, but they've done like songs know. and stuff in the credits, but I don't know if they've like commented on the credits. The pushback on that one point you made about like you know that you know hockey people and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, like, I don't know if maybe it's because I'm an American talking to two <laughs> Canadians right now, Yeah, <laughs> but like, I don't know, like, I'm not personally into guns. Like, it's not really my thing, but like, there are people who really, really like guns, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, like I'm not, I'm not going to characterize them. I'm not going to put a value statement on there on that, but there are people who really, really like guns where it's like a legit wedge issue for yeah. them. Yep. Like where, like, you know, the government's going to take my guns, things like that. Like it affects their voting. It affects like, 
like maybe who they're friends with like maybe they just want to go shooting with people or whatever like there are people who are really passionate about owning guns yes and and like one of the reasons why i don't have as much of an episode as much of a problem with act two in particular is because like i feel like they're definitely exaggerating homer's characterization here but i feel like it is serving a satirical point here basically satirizing people who love guns and we're going to take that to the most logical extreme of that like hence satire i mm-hmm. it's sad that i'm like <laughs> explaining what satire is <laughs> no it's okay i do <laughs> but, i do that like, kind of thing all the time like i don't feel like act two in particular is like the bad kind of jerk ass homer like in the scully years where the joke is lol homer's mean and that's funny like look he's making lisa like chop lemons in his makeshift bar and th- and that's the joke is that he's cruel like that's yeah. the joke like it's not one of those like this is like homer at his most ignorant like like everyone knows there's a streak of ignorance in homer and that will take things too far and they are like serving a satirical point that they're trying to make so even though it's crazy dangerous and he's pointing a gun in marge's face like i get the narrative point that they're trying to make here so like it doesn't feel like it's that nihilism again it's not yeah. mean for the sake of being mean like they are making a point here so i can totally. i can kind of rationalize it a little more in act two yeah and i get that i get that uh point and i i i agree with that as a as a concept again i think i think my my feeling of the birth of jerk ass homer being here is less that he is actively jerk ass homer in this episode it's that it's the beginning of them not caring about him being a good person and it's it's less with the the day-to-day stuff he does with the guns like yes i agree most of it is ignorance um it's it's the fact that marge like he's like we said like marge pleads with him and he says he will and he doesn't and then she and then he says like it's it's the double lie like even one lie is kind of is tricky to rationalize but again like there's a way to do it like there's a way to make that make sense but in this case it's like it's the double lie that makes it seem like he is a jerk for the sake of being a jerk and doesn't have any real reason behind it it's it's less ignorant to me by the double lie is less ignorance the the stuff like pointing the gun at marge's face you could argue that's ignorant even though i i think it's just like that to me that's like no rational human in the in the world uh you could yeah, argue like, he's irrational that's but, really extreme but it's like it's like you know like even someone like homer shouldn't be even thinking about doing something like that like that's bananas to me <laughs> <laughs> um greg what's 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 what are some of your thoughts you've been you've been very quiet quiet with this debate um no you guys are basically covering every thought that i had about it so i'm just uh in the background this time um no the um i i like what else is there to say about it really yeah homer he he uh, like he's a satirical representation of everything you don't want a gun owner to be and the nra is a good representation of gun owners congratulations nra fuck you um I was gonna make a. I was gonna say it in the first place. Guns are guns are bad. They're stupid. Guns are bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if you if you like them, fine. It's fine. I'm not gonna like if you're my friend and you like them. That's fine too. If you if you like guns, great. I love John Wick. It's great. Um, but I don't think yeah, every, I, I don't think everybody will, everybody needs one. If you have one, keep it. But just just yeah. 
Don't be a shit. Don't be like, don't do what Donnie Homer does. And <laughs> this, this, this episode, like my rambling statement here is so messy. It's so poorly resolved in the end that I, I, I'll, I'll try and never watch it again. Um, Cause all the best stuff in this episode is, is, is so piecemeal and chunked that you can just find it on YouTube. Like the entire XCON security security moment. You could probably find that entire thing on YouTube and the uh, continental soccer league. And you've just gotten the best parts of the episode. Um, so I really think it's just like, it has no idea what it's trying to do. The satire the intention of the satire is there, but because Homer <laughs> doesn't learn anything, it's lost to me. Like the the can you imagine the point if, is lost. Uh, can you imagine if Homer's phobia ended with uh, like Homer being like, "Oh, thanks for saving my life, John. Now get out of my house, you queer." Like some, you know what I mean? Like that's what it feels like to me. It feels like he goes on a journey and learns nothing, and. And the journey is him being in the wrong, right? Because that's what Homer's phobia is. It's like Homer is in the wrong, and then he learns a lesson. It's a small lesson, you know. It's the whole, which is I think good satire, where it's like, oh, like you you've accepted me. All I had to do was save your life. Now, if every gay man in America could do that, we'd be set. Like that's a funny like like commentary on the like homophobia in in uh, in culture in general. And this episode, it's you know. <laughs> It's him going through a similar kind of process of, I love guns. Why doesn't everyone else love guns? But also, like, why can't I just shoot my gun at everything? Um, and then even the NRA being like, no, dude, stop. Like, be responsible. And he's like, no, nah, I'm still going to let my son have it. Uh <laughs> there is a bit of a character arc, though, like, to be fair. Like, it's not particularly well, like, put together. But in the end of the episode, he does eventually like eventually acknowledge that he has an addiction to this gun and basically tells marge to take it away from him because he knows he won't do it so as like an addiction story i think that's an okay concept that homer does acknowledge that he has an addiction to this gun like the gun could theoretically be anything it could be like alcohol for example um yeah. but like like, I don't think, like, this character arc is well conveyed, especially with, like, the second lie that we've talked about so many times. Yeah. But Homer does theoretically learn something about addiction. And then... Like, even if it comes at the very end. Yeah. And then it's ruined by Marge keeping the gun because that would be, like, an addict being like, hey, I can't deal with this heroin. Please take it away from me. And then being like, I'm just going to stash it in my drawer. <laughs> Because, like, that's there's a bad thing to something. do for someone who is an addiction. Like, they're going to find There's it. something about heroin that just makes you not want to throw it away. Like, I can attest to You just look so this. cool holding it. Yeah. <laughs> I just um, look so. so cool with that needle hanging out of my arm and the <laughs> oh, tube around, around my elbow. And uh -huh. it's like, I can just see all of these. You know Requiem for a Dream, that part where he has to Greg, take his arm need, off? Greg, we need to, we need to talk. Ah, oh, that's just my dream. <laughs> you have a problem. My dream is to be Leto. Suddenly I'm on two bad junkies. 
Oh, I've got, um, what do you want, Alan? I've got uppers, downers, lefters, writers. Um, those ones are great for if you need to do a term paper on time. I got, writers? yeah, writers. <laughs> I got boomers. I got zoomers. Boomers uh-huh. are when you think you control everything. Um, oh. Zoomers that are. Something to do with uh, uh, Australia. <laughs> no, that's the white boomers. Oh, right, of course. That makes yeah. you think you're a kangaroo. That's right. Um, so before we uh, talk about uh, another aspect of this episode that I want to talk about uh, to maybe end on a less uh, angry note, uh, I wanted to mention a couple of the other dark things in this episode that have nothing to do with the gun. Just a parade um, of darkness, this podcast. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so there's the gag where Selma is about to potentially rape someone. Um, oh, the cable guy. Yep. Uh, that's a weird joke. <laughs> that's... That's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, but that guy could have gotten away. Like, <laughs> oh, you're right. Uh, yeah, come on, people who victims of assaults. Just yeah, that's true. I am kind of victim blaming by saying that. <laughs> Although we don't like, I don't know. No, it's like again, like it's it's not something made with malice. I get it. I get it's supposed to be funny, but it doesn't feel like it. Just feels weird to me, you know, to have like Selma all dolled up and then this guy. And she, and like in front of her her sister and it's like slams the door like I don't know it's just it's it's supposed to be pl- it's played for laughs and I don't think it's funny I don't um, know I kind of I kind of picture that like the door slams like he's basically like what's going on and like she tries to flirt seductively and then he just leaves and it's pathetic it's sure yeah there's a lot of ways it could go uh, you know I hate to hate to play the whole like uh role reversal thing but switch the genders and it becomes really dark so anyway that's true uh (laughs) and i hate that that's the way people often need to you know recognize those kind of jokes do you ever guys ever watch uh pop culture detective on youtube no oh yeah he he did that really good video about um male sexual assault right yeah yeah, yeah, he does a lot of really good like uh, deep dives into into pop culture and like what is represented in pop culture as uh, so there's like the cute but um, or what is it the um, nerdy ah, oh the I Big Bang Theory yeah he does one about the Big Bang Theory uh, that's really good uh, anyway I recommend it if uh, for listeners and for anyone else who wants to watch some of those but yeah uh, uh, sexual assault to to males is often played for laughs in uh, culture in general um, and it's what makes <clears throat> you know like uh, people like survivors of sex, male survivors of sexual assault, more less likely to ever come forward. And so it's, uh, you know, there's, there's badness with, with all sexual assault, but, um, that's just something that, uh, I feel like culture should, uh, stop doing is making it like, it's funny when it happens to a man. Um, cause that's serious also, even if it's less common. Anyway, uh, the other one is the camera in the roof, uh, at the motel. Um, <laughs> what about the dead body in the swimming pool? <laughs> uh yeah that's, i mean that's dark too it's uh you know stuff like that is like i think the entire sleep easy motel is yeah pretty upsetting um yeah, and and i can forgive that more because it's supposed to like that's that's what they're going for i like, love how like, much creepy. they double down on it like that's <laughs> actually something i like about this episode that's like mom can we go swimming in the pool maybe later not tonight they're getting a man out of it who clearly killed himself. Uh-huh. Um, the, of course, the thing in the in the in the roof, the camera in the roof, um, the uh, the beds themselves. Um, the <laughs> Lisa's won't stop vibrating. Yeah, you looking for a good time 
and he says, well, I, I sure am. am. Yeah. He's not. He's really not. He's really not. Yeah. Um, yeah. These are dark jokes. These are, I think these are all actually funny jokes. In the context well. of the sleazy motel, like I'm, I'm less, it, it feels less weird. Yeah. But again, just in the context of this entire episode and like this episode happens to be the one where there's all these sleep easy uh, jokes happening. It just like, again, paints this whole episode as being really like dark and weird and just icky feeling for me. I, th- I think they were smart to like kind of shield the kids from it, like just a little bit like psychologically, because like the, the jokes that we get from the kids are like them opening the Bible and then them like, you know, vibrating the beds across the room and like yeah. having a race or whatever. Like, I think those jokes make it a lot less dark than it might've come off. Like if it was the kids just being kind of miserable there, I think it'll be yeah. like way worse. Did yeah, you the, happen to, like... did, did you happen to catch the, the names of their beds? No. Spotty and smelly. Oh, they? oh right. Spotty and smelly. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Cause they probably were. Yeah. Actually, I just realized something. Does Lisa get any sleep this entire episode? Because she literally gets woken up twice. Like Homer gets her up the one night when he's like muttering to himself, and then she can't sleep in her uh, in her vibrating bed later. Yeah. Does like Lisa stay up like forty eight straight hours in this episode? <laughs> I'd she love might. to see the alternate universe or like alternate uh, perspective episode of just through Lisa's eyes, and she's just going through like chris nolan's insomnia (laughs) (laughs) like she can't sleep her dad's waving a gun around now they're in this like sleazy hotel yeah this is like wow what a drama (laughs) um she's in euphoria that hbo show is that what that's called there is a show called euphoria with zendaya yeah she's zendaya yeah lisa Uh, zendaya so that means she's michi anyway (laughs) <laughs> i have no idea what's happening <laughs> very silly I'm, too, meme. I'm too poor for hbo <laughs> me too uh, greg also game of thrones is over so why does anybody have hbo anymore <laughs> i i have it mostly for last week tonight <laughs> yeah but you know i watched west good shows coming yeah Westworld was there's like a lord fine. of the rings thing coming eventually it's for amazon oh is it amazon yeah Fuck that shit yeah We'll see if it ever gets made. Anyway, yeah, what's up? Oh, uh, are you ready for some soccer? <laughs> I sure <laughs> you know am, because the Continental <laughs> Soccer League is coming to Springfield. <laughs> we'll have all your favorites. Low scores, ties, you bet. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be Bariaga, Bariaga 2, Aruglia, Aruglia. Itsotsa. And they'll all be signing autographs. I don't know who all those people are. <laughs> they'll all be signing autographs. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Can we yeah, go? This, this intro is Can great. we go? Can we go? Yes. 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 God, yes. God, yes. <laughs> um, this yeah, is. The whole intro is great. I really like wonderful. it. Wonderful. Um, that's why I kind of wanted to end on this, <laughs> this, this uh, topic. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's one of the stronger, like you said, opening uh, unrelated to the rest of the plot but a way to get to the riot which so it's not quite a badger plot but it's you know it's it's, it's again it's so like, it's close. Them watching tv so it's yeah. so close to a badger plot i almost think it is one um yeah. because it could by the time he goes to get a gun it could be anything because the riots are just completely forgotten about 
Yeah. That was one of the things yeah, I remember being the most perturbed about whenever I watched this episode over and over again throughout yeah. the years. I was like, oh, I love this thing because there is like, oh, what if mob rule was the thing in the episode for the whole time? And it's like <laughs> they set it up so brilliantly with this soccer thing. And it's yeah. so funny to just see everyone just like going crazy and everything. And uh, even when I was a little kid, it was like, oh, they're done with this now now after three minutes um okay i guess it's a drama about guns i don't really get what all of this is about why can't he just have a gun marge and i was on homer's side the whole time (laughs) when i watched this episode uh as a young child but then of course you know you grow up and you become not an asshole so i also feel like the episode kind of forgets that marge was a cop it completely <laughs> forgets that Marge was a cop. That's exactly like, why I thought Lisa should have been the one who who yeah, does this well, and yes. why I think the entire concept is uh compromised from Jump Street. So whatever. Because like the even the even this like this intro that leads into the plot is similar to the uh Springfield connection where Marge like there's some kind of danger and uh Marge in that case Marge proves herself to be like pretty capable and that's why she's like and she's like I like that I want to be a cop. Marge. Um and so, like, you think about that, and, like, the, the the concept here is, oh, like, mobs are happening. I need some way to protect my family. I need a gun. And it's like, no, no, no you got Marge. <laughs> she's, a, she's, if anything, us, she's a cop. If anything, get her a gun, which, you know, again, like, the episode ending is, I think, bad because of the rest of the, the, the plot. But if from the get-go, if the whole episode was about Marge being the one with a gun... Maybe a very good episode for all I know. I don't know. Because she's very capable with it. She's not an idiot. Marge and Lisa. And maybe it's like him him like taking her gun and that's the issue. I don't know. There's something there. Yeah, but like there's like no episode though if Marge gets the gun. Like, I don't know. Like I think you're right, like logically. I think Marge should be the one that gets the gun. I think there is an episode. I think it's Marge and Lisa, and Lisa is against it. Pardon me. The the conflict doesn't need to be uh, yeah, the conflict doesn't need to be um like there's the the parents are at odds with each other the conflict could be it could be lisa it could be lisa like i don't agree with the family having a gun uh it could be marge being like uh, usurping homer's uh you know manhood like that's a thing they've gone down before that that uh i don't necessarily agree with as a concept but it's like something that would make sense for the characters right where it's like marge is the protector of the family and homer feels like uh cucked (laughs) or whatever um <laughs> come on that could be that could be an interesting episode that's less about like gun safety and more about homer's insecurities sure yeah i don't know there's 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 lots of i mean we could we could be fucking uh i don't really mind the marge angle i don't really mind the marge angle that much just because i don't know sometimes i get a little sick of lisa having to take on the mantle of like every like serious issue voice of reason yeah. oh yeah, here like, comes little lisa had- yeah. We had we had like the vegetarian episode where she got into it with Homer, you know? Um yeah. like and like to some degree, like this should be Marge's job. Like Marge is sometimes like shit on on the series by like not giving her things to do, you know. Yeah. And like this is where Marge should be stepping up as the parent. So while Lisa would be like more ideologically, you know, right, and like in a place to like argue about this, and she does about the Second Amendment, which I think is a good spot for her, but like I don't know. I I agree with the stand. I I do like that they stuck with Marge mostly because this is like a Marge problem for her to address. I think, even yeah. if it does, as you guys pointed out, 
create some continuity issues. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I like seeing Marge, like, I prefer an episode where Marge is like uh, succeeding and excelling versus an episode where Homer's being a piece of shit. Um, and vice versa. Like, I, I, I like episodes where Homer's excelling. Like, uh, you only move twice, you know? Like, even if it's for a supervillain. Like, those are way more interesting episodes than them uh, being garbage humans that <laughs> are hard to root for. Uh, when they're doing really well and, like, the world is what's, like, causing conflict and, like, it's harder for them to to get by because of the institutions and like that kind of thing. That's the whole concept the series was based on is how like Mr. Burns and Skinner and uh, Chief Wiggum, like these institutions of society are the problem, not the middle, not the uh, middle-class families. Um, and in this episode, it makes it, you know, nah, see middle-class families get a gun and they start shooting their children um, accidentally. Anyway, I think I said enough. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a legendary rant. Yeah, you did it. Congratulations. Did How it. do you feel? Uh, like a weight has been off my off my shoulders. Good. Let's never speak of it again. I want to go buy a gun. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. No, of course not. Um, not in Trudeau's Canada. Hey, well, that's just like assault rifles. Anyway. Uh, favorite jokes? Oh, um, I don't know if we talked about it, but there's this segment called the Continental Soccer League. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, we did talk about that very briefly. And yeah. Then start on the and then talk, yeah, talk about guns again. Sorry. If um, <laughs> if you guys want a really good laugh, just watch the first three minutes of this episode. It's uh, it fucking rules. I love the like the the crowd being so overhyped, and then just the slow fade. The slow realization is wonderful. The um, Kent Brockman in the booth is iconic. Yeah. Um, yeah. the gif of them holds passing, it, holds it, holds yeah, it. it goes on so long. It's such a, it's a wonderful little rake joke in the middle with them passing yeah. back and forth to each other. It's so like, it's even poorly animated. It looks so shitty. The ball <laughs> looks really weird. It's... I was watching the ball this time and it like barely changes. It's just like a, like a JPEG moving across the screen. It's, it's really so weird. boring. <laughs> and it's so funny. Um, yeah, I, it's without question the best part of the episode. Do you guys are you guys into soccer? Do you guys like soccer? No. <laughs> uh, well, our, when our when <laughs> when when the Olympics are on, yeah, I'll I'll watch soccer when the Summer Olympics are all around. But I don't feel like I understand soccer very well. I, I one of my friends is really into it, and I watch it, yeah. and I just can't get around that. They, is that, that, they, is that like, from the UK? No, he's from California, okay. but close enough, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, I can't get over the fact that, like, the clock goes upward, and then they just, like, stop playing. Like, like, like I think it goes to, like, oh. 60 minutes or something, but then they just kept playing, and there was, like, extra time. But oh, I couldn't I figure out, like, how they end the game, or, like, how they determine how much extra time they play. Think so there's, really, like, like, I could... there's, like, penalty minutes and then penalty shots. Yeah, but I couldn't figure out, like, how much time was left. Like, so they just, like seemed to abruptly stop playing and I just couldn't get over the clock thing. And so I was just like, screw this sport. I'm never watching this again. Like the clock of all things. It's really hard yeah. to, it's really hard to wrap yourself, like wrap your head around the rules of a new sport. I still haven't done it. And I played soccer for 10 years. I have no idea what the clock is. Wow. You're regular. I mean, when Coach I played, there wasn't a, there wasn't a clock cause we were outside. That's exactly why. Yeah. It was just like, Oh, it's uh it's six o'clock time for you. Horrible children's to go home. Have some orange slices. Yep. 
Always with the orange slices. That was that was the thing. I'm surprised they don't give them to the players in these magical games. They should. Yeah, maybe they'll score more. Need some uh, of that vitamin C. Yeah, because they sure don't score very much. It's a, f- it's a, it's kind so of a boring. So I game. will say, uh, as a as a kind of a just a sub joke to the whole soccer thing that yeah. I really liked uh, is uh, when Pele comes out and uh, talks about the. I can't remember what it was. I think it's uh, toothpaste pressed shine or something. No, it's like a saran wrap, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like foil or something. Yeah. But uh, just what I love is the guy just immediately handing him a giant sack of clearly coins. It's great. So, like not even bills. It's like coin. It's like either gold coins or just like, sorry, we it's all quarters. Doubloons. We're going to pay you. We're, and we're, we're, we're going to pay you right on the field after you do it. We're paying you in quarters and doubloons. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny because the sound effect is coins. It's yeah. great. Um, but then my other favorite joke is uh, uh, Mo bringing the bag of irregular Oreos. Um, <laughs> and I don't know what's wrong with this one. Oh. That's a good joke. I think that's very funny. It's a great joke. <laughs> uh, James, did you have a, a highlight? Okay. Well, I really like the joke that uh, Greg mentioned, the one with Kent Brockman and then the uh, the uh, Latin American Better announcer. announcer yeah. Like, it says so much about how boring Americans view <laughs> soccer, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a special shout out to, there's this one line that I always think is really funny and how it's delivered. It's that scene where the gun keeps going off and then the, um, and then like it ricochets off and hits the knife. And then Lisa's like, no offense, mom, but that was pretty cool. And there's something about the way like Yarly Smith delivers that line that sells it for some reason. I, li- I like jokes where Lisa's just ki- kind of in on whatever cool thing is happening. she she has my runner-up of my runner-up joke she's part of it it's the it's if you couldn't be more wrong lisa if i didn't have this gun the king of england could come in here and just start pushing you around would you like that would you would you (laughs) no it's am i i love that am i misremembering is this the episode where you just mentioned where the guns are going off is that where it was like they're accidentally going off no, that's Homer the Vigilante. Okay, okay. I was like, I think that's why I just I just remembered it, and I'm like, I think that's why I thought the uh, the NRA in this episode were also irresponsible with their guns because I was thinking of uh, that scene where because I remember very specifically right where it's like uh, Mo's like, oh me again, like <laughs> they're all holding guns. Um, yeah, that's that's a weird thing that like in again in continuity where it's like they all bring guns in the house and Marge is like, get those guns out of my house. And well, th- those were all shotguns. She doesn't yeah. mind. Like, like, yeah, like it seems like shotguns is where are... she crosses the line. Yeah. It seems like shotguns are okay. Cause they're more cartoony <laughs> for, the, actually, for the series. Yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned because I actually got this episode confused because I thought this was the episode where Homer shoots Marge in the face with like the makeup gun. Was well, it like, makeup go all over? But yeah. that's the yeah, that's the invention episode. But I was yeah. like, oh yeah, he points the gun in her face, but he never like shoots makeup at her. So yeah, I got a little confused watching too. <laughs> I like that episode. Uh, oh boy, nope. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> isn't that season eleven? Yes, or I 10. ten? I don't know. It's I think it's one of the early ten episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a good episode. No. We'll see. Might be the uh, might be the only one I say that about in ten. Here. Uh we'll go to the reference desk real quick. I think I was supposed to do that before favorite joke. You oh, sure well. were, but it's okay. Uh, we're all out of, we're all out of whack today because I'm 
angry about television. You're all wired up. <laughs> uh, so the, the title, of course, is a reference to the Partridge family. Um, the intro to the soccer is, uh, I guess, similar to Monday Night Football, because I guess that's supposed to be Hank Williams Jr. And he says, are you ready for some football? Oh, I don't that's know. funny. I don't know football. I don't watch football. Um, that, that's that then, tracks. Uh, there's Blood Bath and Beyond, which is a blood uh, or Bed Bath and Beyond. And then uh, Spinster City, which is uh, Spin City. Good That's show. Really I had. Good show. I guess there's like the soccer players, real soccer players. I know some of them are real. I don't know if all of them are. Um, I don't think so, but definitely the uh, teams of Mexico and Portugal are are real. Mm, Portugal doesn't win. I'm gonna. Was he saying I'm gonna kill myself? <laughs> uh, MVP episode MVP. Oh, fuck. Um, Mo actually. <laughs> I think he, everything uh-huh. he says is funny. Um, <laughs> I think his his story about the uh, about how he shot a robber in the in the spine. Um, I think that's a funny story. I think when he comes over with the bag of Oreos, that's funny. I think when he's like with his few modifications, uh, one gun can become five guns. Um, and I I think his uh, tattoo removal gag is pretty funny. <laughs> Like he, he he just nails it in this episode. Oh, yeah, wait, it's like a cheese grater. Yeah. Oh god, that was the <laughs> He's other dark. Ready to that, do was, it. that was another dark moment. I forgot to write down. He really wanted like, oh, to god, do it. That, I know it makes me. Oh, it makes me feel so gross. It is funny, but it's like you know, it's just gross. Yeah, it's super gross. Um, what I'm, about you, James? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with Mo too, but I'm going to give a special mention to Lenny, or as I'd like to refer to him as jerk ass lenny in this episode <laughs> because like he literally is like aggro the whole way through like he literally is punching out skinner at the <laughs> soccer game and then at the nra meeting he's like waving an assault rifle around at people like wanting to shoot like electric eels and stuff so i want to give a vote to jerk ass lenny that's great i love jerk ass lenny <laughs> aggro lenny that's great that's awesome um we saw him before in mountain of madness <laughs> Or is that jerk ass Carl? Yeah, I think I think Lenny was the nice one there. Right. Carl is an ass to him. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna give MVP to the gun store owner. Oh yeah. He's the only one oh, who yeah. seems to like be responsible and like doing his job. Yeah. Oh, the, the also it's pretty funny though. though like the <laughs> yeah, but like the it's pretty funny the like the the exchange of you know I'd I'd shoot you if I had my gun. So yeah, I don't. Well, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, like Homer is literally ready to shoot him in the head. Like he oh, yeah. pulls the trigger like three times at that guy's head when he gets that gun. Jesus Christ! Oh boy, <laughs> what a what an episode! Guys. What an ep! Ah, uh, and we have uh, come to the end of ours. Oh yeah. boy! Wow! Wow! Yep. Um, I feel like I just went on a journey. Yeah. 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 We all did. So, uh, Alan, uh, is this a thumb sideways? Fuck you. <laughs> You damn well know this is a thumbs down. <laughs> 17 thumbs downs. Right on. Um, yeah. So add that to your spreadsheet. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you have a spreadsheet for that. I should start one for myself. Yeah. You probably know how to use Excel. <laughs> no. More than I do. Um, which let's is see. We got not. a sideways, a down, an up, uh, an up. So far, like, decent season. Yeah. There's only two thumbs down out of five so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but get get ready. It's great. <laughs> yeah, but this is the first this is the first Mike Scully episode though. That's what I mean, yeah. He's he's 
you know, I, 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 I don't know if we should say fuck you, Al Jean. I think we might say, need to say fuck you, Mike Scully. Well, well, that's the classic thing to say. Or you know what it is? Okay, it's fuck you, Al Jean, but it's like, why did you have to hurt me, Mike Scully? Because <laughs> Al Jean is just like doing his job, even if I don't agree with it. Mike Scully is like, like you've done, like you've you've hurt me, like, like come on, bud, <laughs> what have you done? I might stand up for but, him. Yeah, we'll not see. for this episode. No, no, I know. Not, not in this one. Um, I'm, but, a, I'm, I'm being very facetious right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mike Scully's I mean, probably a very nice man. Mike Scully wrote, uh, "Marge, be not proud." How can you hate Mike Scully? There you go. Yeah, I think, I think he's probably a good writer, but a bad showrunner. That's my, that's my take. But I also think it's not. Again, I, I, I think that it's, it's one of those things where it's easy to lay the blame on the showrunner in a TV show, just like it's easy to lay the blame on a director uh, for a film. And oftentimes that shouldn't be the case. Like it's such a collaborative process that there's so many. And I think a, a big problem with season nine is not that Mike Scully took over; it's that a lot of the writing staff left. Um, yeah. So, and they got new new blood in who are trying some new stuff and good for them. That's, you know, that's what you got to do. And you're, you have different voices and that's, what's going to happen. So uh, shows evolve and this one evolved into something I don't like, but you know, some people, some people like it. So whatever. Yeah. Um, so where can people find James? <laughs> well, I thought you guys, I thought you guys were going to ask me to like put my thumb on the scale in the season nine debate. I would like you to do that while you tell people <laughs> where to find you. Please tell me what you think of season nine overall. Okay. Well, okay. Well, after, after disagreeing with Alan most of the time about like how truly bad this episode is, I think this is a thumb sideways episode actually kind of for me, but, um, my stance on season nine and the classic, not classic stance is that, like, I think what makes a season classic is consistency. Like, it's not about whether there are good episodes in the season. It's about whether it's consistent. Like, the, like the season, the show continued to make good episodes, like, far past this. Like, they continue to make good episodes to this day. But the reason why these modern episodes, why these modern seasons aren't classic is because they're not consistent. There's just, like, a few every season that are good. Um, and in my opinion, I think season nine isn't a classic season because I don't think the consistency is quite there. I think there's about like half of the episodes that I really enjoy and then half of them that I feel pretty indifferent to or ones that I just out outright dislike. Um, and I actually think that toward the end of season eight, like things start getting a little inconsistent. Like there's like stuff like the canine mutiny in there and like Secret War of Lisa Simpson, like episodes that I don't that aren't bad, but they're just kind of meh, you know? And that's how I feel about a lot of season nine. So I feel like the gradual slide has to start somewhere. And like, for me, season nine just isn't consistent enough for me to say that it's a classic season, even though there are lots of good episodes in it. That's a fair take. Um, and not to put you on the spot or anything, do you, do you have a favorite episode in season nine? Could you, could you, could you name one? Or is that a spoiler for a potential future uh, YouTube video? Well, I guess it technically is because I'm doing top tens <laughs> yeah. on every season. I guess I think I just spoiled a classic era like video, probably. Now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> best season nine episode. I'm trying to think. Probably Lisa Sachs, I would say. Yeah. Which I think you get was that last week's episode. Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah I think Lisa Sachs. I also really like Lisa the Simpson because it's Oakley and Weinstein, and I'm a sucker for them. So. Mm -hmm. 
I, I know I'm picking all the non-Scully episodes, ironically, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like those two. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Miracle and um, the Joy of Sect. That's a good one too. <laughs> I feel like I'm just listing all the good episodes in season nine now. Well, I was mostly just curious because, like, again, I uh, I mostly dislike <laughs> like even those ones you said, and <laughs> so that's why I'm I'm always curious, uh, you know, which ones people really like in the season because I do feel for the most part people are similar to you, James, where they're they they agree that it's an inconsistent season, and so like most people even who write into us and tell their takes are saying you know season nine isn't great like there's it's not a perfect season but there's still so many episodes i really like and then they'll list some and i'm like i don't like those episodes like Uh and so you know it's it's like the whole i feel like i'm taking crazy pills here kind of situation but but uh yeah i mean uh, i mean like that's the thing like it's okay like that there are episodes that people like in there but like like my argument is for every episode that's fine, like girly edition, like I think that's a fine season <laughs> nine episode. Yeah. But for like for every episode like that where I'm like, okay, I'm on board. Like there's yeah. an episode like The Trouble with Trillions, yeah. which I think is just a stupid episode. Mm-hmm. So like no offense to people who like a tr- The Trouble with Trillions. No, but of course. Yeah. Like in my personal list, like like it kind of goes like every other episode is like one that I just don't care about or dislike. So like, yeah. you know, that's the definition of not consistent in my mind. So yeah. I watched so it's a... Not a it's not a bad season. It's just inconsistent and therefore yeah. not classic. I watched an, uh, a YouTube episode that was talking about season nine. Um, uh, I can't remember. I wish I could shout them out right now, but I can't. Um, but they they were they were kind of on on the side of it's when the golden years start at least start to decline. Um, I think they came down on the side of like they don't like season nine. They wouldn't include it in the in the classic era. Um, but then, and again, they listed some of their favorites at the end, and one of them was the Cartridge Family. And I, and so, like, I watched this entire video being like so smug and like, yeah, like vindication. And then, like, my favorite episode is Cartridge Family. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> that's, that's insane. But you know, so that's you know, I just I, I I'm always curious to hear, uh, you know, <laughs> people's opinions. Obviously, that's why we do this. But um, yeah, anyway. Okay, and, and then the circle, <laughs> then the circle around. Yeah, you can find me at yeah. the Real Gyms on YouTube. Like I've plugged this channel like twice already on this podcast and mm-hmm. everything. So yeah, the Real Gyms on YouTube. I just did a video about Mona Simpson, like the history, which got really, really dark and sad. Actually, oh no, um, probably not the best choice for Mother's Day. Looking back on it, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, you can find me there i'm i'm working on the season seven retrospective now awesome nice. very cool um great and uh alan where can people find your video playthroughs oh i mean you can you can find me on youtube uh point click repeat it's uh it's very uh a hobby like you know, I get like maybe 18 views like i'm not expecting anything from it but if you enjoy uh playthroughs of classic uh adventure games that's what i'm doing uh i I just finished uh, Gabriel Knight, uh, the first Gabriel Knight game, which I'd never played before. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, the final video for that will come out next week. So it's on, uh, there's nine videos up now as of today. And um, you can uh, you can pl- play along with that. I did Dagger of Amon-Ra, uh, which is a game I loved as a kid. And I did Heroine's Quest, which is a throwback to Quest for Glory that uh, is free to play. So you could even like download that game and play it for free if you want. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's mostly a thing to do while, you know, quarantined and <laughs> unable to do a lot of things uh, I would like to do otherwise, but I'm enjoying doing this. So it's uh, something to keep me sane along with, you know, all the other projects like trivia and podcast and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Cool. Craig, do you have anything to plug? Um, you know, keep keep on keeping on, everybody. You you know, I I do other podcasts over on the Boathouse Studios Network, but the most important thing is the Patreon, guys. Mm-hmm. We are so close to our stretch goal, and if that happens we will be doing Simpsons Dungeons and Dragons. This is something that I really am looking forward to. And thank you everybody who is helping us out. There is going to be some um, weird posts coming very soon on Patreon. I have some ideas. Okay. I was like, I haven't told about these. No, we're going to talk about these (laughs) offline because if, if, if this goes poorly, I could get in trouble. Um, So yeah, but where can everybody find us, Alan? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod or just Two Bad Neighbors on Facebook. Uh, you can email us at the, the Hammock District on Third at gmail.com. Numerical three. And of course, uh, yes, uh, Greg mentioned it, but our Patreon, two bucks a month, gets you everything that we do. Uh, we release at least two new things a month. Uh, so that's really like a buck per little thing, <laughs> in a sense. Um, we just did our Return of Jafar commentary. Um, the Aladdin King of Thieves commentary is coming up next month, and we'll do more uh, zombie episodes and other weird shit. So, when, when um, are you guys gonna do the live action Aladdin? Oh, probably live never. action Aladdin. Oh boy, <laughs> you got to do that Actually, after three, right? I think we can probably say we uh, our next commentary slate might be dragon themed. Yeah, I think it will be. So that look forward to that. If you can think of dragon movies, you might be correct in what we're going to be talking about because there's not a lot of dragon movies. Um, but yeah, so uh, you can do all that stuff. We appreciate everyone. You can review us on uh, iTunes. You can rate us, uh, subscribe. You know, smash that like button. All that good stuff. <laughs> uh social media is weird guys. it is weird it's it's hard <laughs> i don't know how you do it james <laughs> yeah, a, a, i am really terrible about promoting my channel actually i'm not the person that but has. like you have like a decent amount of followers you know like it's you're you're doing you're doing way better than i ever expect to so anyway well when you're like the only consistent like simpsons youtuber like that does just by sheer something. just doing it over <laughs> and over again you can just get numbers so <laughs> right on well thanks for joining us again for your third time uh maybe we'll get you back on for season 10 um, all right i want to hear another big rant yeah <laughs> for the final <laughs> season both of us yeah. yeah yeah um thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time for bart star and we'll see who gets cut because that's a joke that they run into the ground keep watching the skis